Tau. Tá! Tá Do intro. Uh, same old uh, song. Sounds like it's uh, it almost sounds like it's going to be a college radio show when you hear that a little groove from from talk time yourself. You're like, oh, okay. Kind of, and then and then we just start making noises, and then it's like, well, what what is going on? What is this show? <laughs> even sometimes it's a Mario noise. Sometimes I'm singing along to the song. What every even is this show? is a new every day is a new chance to experiment. I think with life. You know what they so say: now. every day is a winding road, and it gets it gets it a little gets, bit longer. Get gets a little bit longer every day as they discover new ways to keep us alive in this hellscape. We're all, we're, we're trapped in gigantic vials and we're being poked with various instruments that we don't know what they do, but they're keeping us alive. And we whisper, just, just let us die. Just, just please end this now. And they continue to sustain us with nutrients and other aspects of life. And, and we continue on. That's this podcast. That's the metaphor for this podcast. What a what an intro today. How are you doing today, Ashlyn? Um, you know, I'm doing good today. I didn't still we're sort of work is quite slow at the moment, so What's I, work? I know what work is, but have we said it official is it canon to the show? Is it canon? I don't know. I'm uh directing on uh the new reboot of Monster High, okay. which has been announced, so I can actually say it, which is quite thrilling for me. What kind of a network are we talking? Are we talking about uh, Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, yeah. So it's it's um, you know it's been fun, but it's so early that it's very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did I even do today? I I That's emptied your... some garden pots, mm-hmm. uh, and I I wandered on the internet. To be honest. All right, fine. Sounds like they should fire you. We should probably no. There wasn't anything and... else to do. There was. We're waiting for it to for people to start working. And this is your first director position, which is yeah. very exciting. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, you've got a you've got a pretty long CV, but now it says director on it. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Should we introduce our guest? Take it away. Well, I get to introduce our guest today because. Uh, me and Rob recently connected for a work thing, which we of course can't talk about because that's mm. the industry, the show business. And um, I know and Rob then, a little bit. Yeah, and then Rob was like, "Oh, you're married to Grant," and I was like, "Are there only ten people in LA? What is this?" Yeah, there's um, only but 10. Rob is an amazing writer. He has won approximately a million Emmys. Um, he co-created a TV show called Gander, which is awesome. Um, and he also has a comic book series out uh, called, wait, I had the name, called Shrinkage, which looks super, super fun um, about shrinking miniaturized people, which is right up my alley. Um, yeah, he's just all around really cool. Yeah. Is that all a right, good so- intro? I think that was good. Sure. Well, let's say his full name and give him the the air horn so that he knows to come out behind the curtain. It's Rob Cutner, everybody. <laughs> I think we were underselling Rob's CV a little bit there, but uh, but I didn't know about the comic book. Hi, Rob. Are you there? Am I allowed to talk? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
the so gun you, being lower. You, had, you means... had an even number of air horns. So I was like, did that mean air horn out and then air horn I have to go back? So did you un- <laughs> un- untoggle the air, yeah. the air Let's horn? Let's try this again. Let's try this again. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage right now uh, in your theater of the mind radio <laughs> podcasting, it's Rod Kuttner, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm doing that thing where I'm pointing at people in the audience like, hey, you, hey, you. You know, I knew that somehow intrinsically I could feel feel it. it. I was like, you're either doing the Jay Leno like handshake where you're going around and just sort of giving everybody a little bit of skin contact or it's like the points out into the audience. Wow. How 2019 of you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm 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 exactly two years behind. Skin contact. What a thought. I know. So masks are off, baby. Did you guys see this this high alert? Masks are I gone. Did. I did. But what so about we, the masks that we in Hollywood wear all the time anyway? Yeah. What about our <laughs> what about the masks that we pres- that soul. we just have to wear? Right. The masks. Those have been instated even more as we go back to work. My, my mask is. Yeah, I got some stuff in development. <laughs> yeah. Although you know I that's mean, actually true, Ashlyn, but it's still a good line. It's Rob, great, I can say yeah. that too. It's it it maybe not for much longer. Maybe not for much longer because it's out to networks now, and oh, it's a, and it's a matter. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting, and it's also like, well, this might be the end of the ride. We don't know. Who knows? But for a little yeah. bit longer, and I, you know, I should have been saying it. I should have been more. But I know who who was I seeing? I was seeing nobody, so I could brag. Yeah, about there's no power. party where you have to like drop that, right? Yeah, I would just have to like very awkwardly shoehorn it in, like just right there. Yeah. Um, but there was. Well, how there was do you? I you've I assume have done lots of development in your career. Um, how do you deal with like the ups and downs of like the the emotions of it? That's a great question. Um, I don't I don't know how I do, but um, I think one just thing is just <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't usually do great questions. We usually yeah. do really bad questions. But that I think is it's going to be. I think you may have peaked early, Ashlyn. Yeah. The other question I was going to ask is, how are you doing? So let's start with this one. <laughs> oh, um, I think one thing is 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 trying to make friends and have people that are, even though this is a little bit hard, that are sort of outside the industry. Yeah. yeah. So that you feel like I have a group of friends who are like kind of like so he'd be like they, they're like the um, it's not in an asshole way, but it's like the, I don't own a TV just because like it just never occurred to them to own one. They're not like trying to be hipsters and like that. And like. Yeah. When I hang with them, it's just like none of this stuff matters. You know what I mean? Like you, people let the town kind of judge them. Like you're, the fact that nobody's calling you back makes you think that you're like, you know, like this this poor you know you know a seventh grader who's not getting a date to the prom kind of thing. You know, not getting responses. But if you have real life contact with people, that's nothing to do with what you're selling or whatever like that. I think that certainly helps glide over the bumps. Yeah. A plus answer. I found that to be a helpful distraction talking about anything else but the biz yeah exactly um but now we are talking about the biz too late <laughs> thanks no, Ashley. Like the first you guys question. Are in no way part of my emotional support network now <laughs> <laughs> damn it see oh uh, boy um well uh, second well, question okay. is how are you doing let's yeah, let's go with question b today? oh man this town is just getting me down <laughs> um you know every day is different uh that's really that's really wise isn't it very deep um yeah well, because I'm sort of in a, you know, I'm freelancing and doing a bunch of different stuff right now. So it's like you just never, never, never know what one day will bring. So um, 
you know, right. pretty good so far. My, my, my daughter is getting vaxxed. My tween daughter is getting vaxxed. So that makes me, oh, that's sort of, in a way, that's like the first thing that makes me think like nothing else kind of matters. I didn't yeah. know you had a had a had a family. Even I I, I know yeah. nothing, Rob. I know I was. I've, I've fact, kept it. From, I've kept it from you. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that we're we're slow. We're breaking down barriers in different ways. We're we're throwing punches all over the place. We we met in the comedy scene, but I I, I don't know that you were doing. I think I interviewed you for a Vice article. Yeah, that's what I was for a I project with. Uh, I think it was your Weird Al project. Is that right? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't remember anymore, but the um. It was the audio series I did for for Howl FM with, with Weird Al and uh, Ken Jennings. Is that the thing you're talking about? Does that ring a bell? Yes, oh, this cool. definitely rings a bell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you guys have sort of been watch. You guys have met before and know. I would say probably work stuff. I knew you had a a child or childs. That's the <laughs> yes. plural. It's um, the, the term is a murder of children. A murder of children. Yeah. Oh man, that's how I feel. You know, I once go, was like talking about growing. <laughs> yeah, well, I was once talking to a friend about. I was like, oh man, people who have three kids, like I don't know how they do it. It seems like a nightmare. Like because I was the youngest of three, and he was like, oh, my wife just got pregnant with our third, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> foot in mouth. Um, Rob, where are you from originally? How how long have you been in LA? Uh, I'm from Atlanta, and uh, I was in LA once for a few years when I was just starting out in the biz and trying to get some, you know, trying to get a breaks anywhere. And then, and then I got uh, uh, a writing gig, and then it ended. And then I moved to New York for the Daily Show uh, with John Stewart. And then I now I'm back on my second round in LA since uh, 2009. And and Ooh. what. Remind me or tell us what, what brought you back to LA? Oh, um, Conan, well, it was Conan's uh, Tonight Show, which I, I, left, the, I left the Daily Show um, when Conan went out. He was getting that Tonight Show because I thought, it's Tonight Show. I mean, that's a, solid, that's a solid job move. I mean, like, what, you know, what, what, that, that's a lifetime of, of employment right there. It's Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Like, what could possibly, <laughs> right. who's going to mess with literally the oldest show? On the network, all the networks. <laughs> uh, so you you were on the Daily Show with John Stewart, and then jumped over to or uh, or or then you went to the Tonight Show with with Conan, which moved you to LA. Correct, correct. And how do you feel like because you bounced back and forth between New York and LA a little bit? How do you? What's your favorite? Is oh, that that's a, a good question. Um, yeah, has anybody know, compared New York and LA before? I'm not yeah, sure. Is that, that ever a thing think, that people have done? I don't think anybody's don't know, ever like considered it. about it. This is a groundbreaking podcast journalism, right here. I know. You know, I tra- asked we, the worst the, questions. Grant's the, like the 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 the, the fundamental um, tension of the show is that we we try by not preparing uh, to not have it be like an interview and just have it be more sort of conversational. Oh, 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 oh it shows. Oh, yeah. Shows. So when when we try to do like awkward things, or we're like, Rob, we don't know you that well. How do we get to know you better? Uh, it just sort of comes off awkward and stilted, like so. I like that I I put you in an uncomfortable position of backing backing yourself up and having to defend your technique on the podcast. That's, that's actually very, what very classy on my part. That's one of our that's one of our go to things here is we're constantly justifying the show, and then in fact at the end of the show, 
which I'm not saying this is the end of the show. I'm saying at the end of the show, we'll ask you, Rob, do you still want to release this into the world or should we just like salt the earth of this podcast? So constantly wow. we're, there's the, the other wow. part of tension is like, should we just quit doing this, Ashlyn? What are we doing? There's a lot. Of, so this is, this is podcast for wow. people who want to just like feel like a low level of anxiety. Like you just had too many cups of coffee and then you're like, what does that sound like in podcast form? You but guys, also with like guys, a little bit of a gentle tone. You guys work in, in, in Hollywood and yet you managed to introduce even more self-doubt into the <laughs> in the water here. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 about right. What was um, it, what, I, fi- I, figured, I feel like you had a question and I didn't ever answer it because I evaded it. But what was the question? Oh, you're comparing your time in oh, New oh, York City versus That's, that's so interesting because um, – uh, you know, uh, when I was in New York, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, my wife and I enjoyed it for a while. And then after a while, New York is just really hard and, uh, it gets tiring after a while. And like, there's a lot of fun things to do. And we did some of them. And then we got tired of like, uh, you know, the, like the tiny apartments and everything being expensive and everything being crowded. And then we had a baby. And when you have a baby in New York, it's just like, don't even bother. Yeah. Um, unless you like, you know, have your own nanny and like your own driver and that sort of thing. Um, so, so you were, you, know, you were looking for, and you like you were looking for opportunities to like leave New York, maybe once that happened. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was there about seven years, and first five years were a blast. And then, um, and then I started kind of. I mean, the thing is, I liked LA too. So um, I just don't like it as much anymore as I used to. But but I still kind of like it in general. I've probably spent more time here as an adult than anywhere, and probably know the most people here. Um, I guess I'm just getting like worn down on the city a little bit because it's kind of getting it's getting pricey and it's kind of falling apart i feel like sometimes and you know so it's kind of like losing me a little bit before you did late night writing were you doing uh writing of other kinds for other shows or in other areas you mean for muddy <laughs> yeah for both either way did you study um, writing in school like how, how did uh oh i see what what's, what's, well, what's the rob I mean, rob Gunner origin story i'm laughing because as you guys both know like you do so much free writing yeah. just to try to get a shot and you know just to get a shot at the game you know like you do so much stuff before anyone takes a chance on you or whatever or you get your opportunity um and even i after. was uh <laughs> i was um I did a little bit of freelance journalism like here and there I, oh what i was doing which was probably more fun was i was writing um I worked at a post-production house and I was writing ads for Disney, uh, like Disney uh, movies that were coming back out on, uh, you know, on tape or DVD, the old ones they released. So I would like these like 30 second, 15 15 second, you know, all the music, all the magic. You were the ones saying, get it now before it goes back to the vault. Yes. Yes. The vault was your invention. (laughs) Exactly. You made the vault. We, we, We had to do that a lot. The whole vault thing. That was a huge business yeah, uh, strategy for them, like they, just to scare people into like. I mean, like first we we took away Bambi's mother, now we're taking Bambi away. <laughs> it, it was so effective because I don't think I I I mean I guess also just this is colored by my perception of like when I was a kid, it did seem like nobody in the world ha- like didn't have like the Disney movies as part of their VHS collection. But yeah, now right, as I say that, right. I'm like, well, also I was a kid, so why would I have been anywhere that didn't have a Disney movie collection? I guess. Yeah, but either how, way, how's, how's that what even, I'm saying is how yeah we're incepting it the uh so you were doing at, uh but yeah did you study writing in school or like did was oh, this was comedy you know, writing like a, a goal early on did it uh that's a good question also, change? i mean now you've so many good questions um who are your guys rob that's an original question <laughs> trademark Rashland party right um so i didn't really you know when i went to college i didn't know this is something i wanted to do um i was you know looking back i was always mr goofy 
funny guy or at least trying to be funny to people making me laugh, but I never thought of it as a career. And then in college, I was kind of serious. Like I majored in anthropology and Russian studies. So, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. Two of the funniest, two of the funniest topics probably. <laughs> um, did you go to school yeah. in Atlanta? You said you're from Atlanta. No, I, I went to, um, I went to, uh, to Princeton. And so that was, you know, I was also kind of serious too. And so, um, I was studying and I was kind of into politics. I was really doing environmental activism and stuff like that. And then like about junior year, I know, um, I saw this ad for an internship for Mad Magazine for the summer. I didn't know what it was going to be for the summer. So I sort of applied for it and you had to like create sample Mad Magazine stuff like that. And I had so much fun doing it. I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get the internship, but I had so much fun that I like had this, this, if I was Oprah, I would call it my ha ha moment hmm. where I looked around and saw that like basically everything extracurricular I was doing was related to comedy. Like mm -hmm. I was the editor of the humor magazine. Uh, I helped found the improv troupe on campus. Um, I was part of the student musical theater group where we wrote our original like comedy show every year. Um, so like everything I was doing was, was comedic. And I was like, Oh, this is like what, what, my, what my life is telling me that I'm doing. I should be doing. Mm -hmm. This is what I enjoy doing in my time. And this other stuff, I don't really want to be an academic. It's not sort of my plan here. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started, um, so uh, a, a buddy of mine who was in the improv troupe and the theater group with me, he and I became, decided to become writing partners and his brother was um, a writer on The Simpsons or just got a job as a writer on The Simpsons. And this is not going to be one of those stories where he got us a job, but it was like he, he, he sort of inspired us. He was like, and we we're like, oh, that's like a thing you can do. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't very bright. I was a little like, like all these you know, kids who are interns that come through like shows I worked on, like they're like already ready, like in 10th grade, they have their spec script ready. And, you know, mm -hmm. they've got, you know, they, they, their director's reel is already like queued up and stuff like this. Like they know what they're <laughs> doing professionally from way too early in age. Like, I just didn't understand how this all worked. I just didn't, it just didn't really occur to me, but I was like, yeah. oh, this is like, this is what I love to do. And here's an example of someone I know who's done it. So he and I started writing um, spec scripts of sitcoms uh, as to sort of start building a portfolio together. And they were really bad and they were just really off the mark, but we were starting out. And so... And then we both kind of like took a few years to kind of make our way out to LA and we kept sort of working on things remotely together. And, and then we sort of entered that whole, um, that whole thing where you write tons of scripts and you try to find someone to read them and you try to get better at it and figure out how to pay the rent while you're doing all that stuff. And that's why I ended up, you know, working in post-production and, um, and doing copywriting, which was kind of, it was kind of fun, but it wasn't quite satisfying, but it was better than just, you know, schlepping things around town in a, you know, in a car doing errands for people. It was sort of using my brain, but it wasn't using too much of it. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I got a job as a PA on a sitcom, which was just pure schlepping and drudgery, but it was great because you were sort of in the environment of the production. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I was, and then, uh, my friend actually got a job on that show, uh, uh, on on the, the show that I ended up working on. This was Dennis Miller's uh, HBO shows before he turned all right wing when he was like kind of libertarian. Oh he yeah, I loved that show as a kid. He had a, I was, he had a great was HBO so, show. I loved that show. Super yeah. smart. It was like him like at that weekend update, Dennis Miller, like when he was just like taking on all comers, no quarter given, that sort of Also thing. it was a call-in show, which I thought was so exciting. It was a live show. There's a call-in show. I had to man the phones. when I, I, I got a job as a oh, writer really? on that. And one of the things you had to like, you had to like, you had to man it was like this super old fashioned like switchboard thing. I felt like wow. you know, remember in Mad Men when they would show like the um, you know, oh Mabel, you know, can you connect me mm -hmm. to Kensington one, two, three? You know, sort of so you're literally connecting like, like lines thing. in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, literally, yeah, yeah, literally plugging things in and that's such that. Yeah. Also, I was smoking and, and wearing um wearing like uh, you know, uh you know, bobby socks and like a poodle skirt. <laughs> so I don't know if that was weird. That was yeah. just my choice. 
Yeah, huh? That's so strange that they uh, they didn't credit you for that image. I feel like that's. I feel well, like I buried the lead here. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that thing that you're talking. I mean, I definitely connect with uh, a lot of that, or that that that, especially the the aspect of like, uh, I don't know, growing up where I grew up, it it did take a while. It did take until college uh, or so until it like occurred to me of like, oh, there are there are ways to make a living somebody's doing these jobs. And of course, at that time, you're not aware of the, the, these other types of, you know, uh, the people that are go through programs where they're, where they're preparing spec scripts in, in 10th grade and, and getting, you know, ready at a much younger age. It, it, uh, it definitely like, was like, Oh yeah. TV's made by people and I'm a people. I could potentially be one of those people. People too. So that, that, that at least puts me in the running. I'm, I'm not a turtle. I don't think they're hiring those. I could be, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, I, I, I tell people this when, it, when it, every time, every now and then someone comes to me for advice and I, I'm like, George Cassandra, I'm like, do the opposite of whatever I tell you. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, I always tell them it's sort of a, sort of a mistake. I mean, I don't want to bum anybody out, but I feel like these, these people who are just rush into this career, like, let's say it works out and you get a job, then you have nothing to talk about when you get a chance to write something or create something like, Hey, I know how a TV show works. So I'll create a show about what happens behind the scenes of a TV show. And, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I yeah, think it's, it's good to sort of like try to find yourself or at least sort of take your time uh, and, you know, do a little bit of real world stuff. I think before you end up in this fake world that we all are trapped in now. Yeah. I think that like the weird thing with, with, working in tv or like entertainment is there are so many different jobs and like so many different like parts and aspects to it that it's like you can watch a show and be like i want to work on that but like what do you even do like because there's so many different you know you can act you can write you can Mm -hmm. do this or that or like in animation it's even more like multifaceted of like okay you can draw but then like what part do you want to actually do Mm -hmm. um and yeah, it's just an interesting, like, you know, you don't see, unless your parents are in the industry, like they don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. Like they don't right. know how no to idea. help you. Um, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird way to get in, uh, to get a job. Does your um, wife also work in uh, entertainment? Um, she hasn't in a few years. Uh, she took, she took time off to, to be with the kids full time, but she was, she worked for like about 12 shows, uh, before we had our, our first, um, the one she was on the most, uh, for the longest was, uh, that show pin and teller bullshit on Showtime, which was like their sort of, Oh, cool. You know, as a, she's a writer or what did she do? She was, a, she, was she's, she started as a producer on some nonfiction, uh, and some scripted shows. And then she crossed over and became a writer and, uh, worked on those. And, but she's like worked in like almost every genre, like, game shows, reality shows, uh, documentary shows, that sort of thing. How did you two meet? We met in college. Um, oh, okay. And, um, oh, cute. Yeah. We were both in the marching band together, just in case I didn't <laughs> come across nerdy enough. Yeah, just Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did minute. you play in the marching band? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Are you sitting down? I mean, I'll never yeah. know if you are or not. Yeah. You know what, you know what a shofar is? No. No. I mean, I've heard the word, but no. Um, it's this Jewish thing that you might have seen around Rosh Hashanah, the new year. It's this ram's horn that they blow. That's, uh, it's been part of the 
Jewish ritual of, of Rosh Hashanah for like, you know, probably thousands of years. They blow this like howled at ram's horn and it's like this kind of ancient thing. And there's a longer story here, but basically like I'm a weird guy and I sort of like, instead of just, you sort of just play it, you just play a couple of sort of ritualized notes in the, in the synagogue. But I, I learned that you could actually play like an octave of notes worth on it. Cause I would just, I, I had one and I would just play along with the radio. Um, and you could play notes. And so it, it, at Princeton, as, as in many, um, in many colleges, they have kind of a goofy marching band. It's not like, you know, like drumline or one of these ones that are in the, the championships. It's like people who play silly instruments and they, like, mm. they, they form a funny picture on the field and the announcer tells jokes and that sort of thing. So it's a sort of a comedy marching band. Um, so basically, I mean, there's a guy who played the stop sign, like who banged on the <laughs> stop sign for percussion, not kidding. So, so, um, so I, I came to college and I was like, would you guys accept someone who can play a shofar? And they're like, sure, why not? And so, and my, my wife, my now yeah. wife uh, played trumpet. So she plays, she's, she actually plays like multiple instruments. She's like an actual musician. But so she, so I got stuck in the horn section naturally. Hmm. And that's where we met. I'm Cute. looking up what a shofar is. It's like a big, it's a animal horn type thing. Ram, ram's horn. Yeah. Ram's horn. Yeah. Um. Wow. This is so cool. <laughs> I warned you. um wow yeah i mean also like the ingenuity of being like yes i will play this for your band um is you know maybe something you can keep (laughs) be i mean you could keep playing it everywhere you go you could play it why not yeah why not um wow that's really interesting uh it reminds me i have a friend who plays the saw the like musical oh yeah 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 and I was like, how, like, it just, I mean, of course, as when you're kids, like, you'll try to make sounds out of everything, but it's just amazing, the ingenuity of just being like, okay, I learned this instrument. Um, I mean, that's a real musical thing too, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I saw, she played it at a wedding recently. Um, the musical saw wedding uh, <laughs> march. <laughs> Is that something people play like in like a jug band kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Um, she actually does tend to just play it solo, uh, which is, you know, cool. Um, but I think she does play mm. it in a band as well. That's um, fascinating. I've never yeah. heard like a solo saw, but I would love to. So, yeah. Solo saw. We should, we should, we should duet the two of us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Rob, so you how's have- your... Oh, no, how's your quarantine? Through. How's your quarantine been? I mean, maybe you've been working from home for a while, but, uh... I'm, I'm sure it's gone swimmingly and perfectly, but you, yeah. you know, with, uh, with, with kids, with job uncertainty, theoretically, like, uh, how are you staying the, as, the first as well? Part was ac- the first part was accurate that I've been working at home anyway, because I'm, you know, like this thing with Ashlam, I'm pitching some stuff and developing some stuff. And like, honestly, the, yeah, the, work-wise, it actually has been kind of fine. And honestly, if I could just take Zoom meetings from now on, yeah. Rather than having to drive all over, all over this godforsaken town just to sit in someone's office, wait 15 minutes, <laughs> be handed a small bottle of water. Right. And then, and then after an hour of, of small talk and them ignoring my pitch saying, uh, great, well, we'll bring it up with the team. <laughs> and so great meeting you. And then yeah. be bad that you're parking. You, you've done that whole thing. Like that, it, there's such a hassle and such a time factor with like all the stuff you do when you're trying to like, even, even really established people, I think, are doing this kind of thing. So I was happy like that I could just sort of do all this stuff and just sit in my, at home in my pajamas. Uh, kids thing is a, a bit of a bit of a paradigm shift for sure. Um, 
our our kids' school did an did a fairly decent job of like having something going on all day. Uh, our kids are in a private school, so that probably helps. But you know, um, it wasn't like some of these sort of horror stories of like you know the kids sort of being feral, <laughs> left alone and feral all day, or, <laughs> or their parents having to. Um, um, so we had our, our two kids had online stuff happening at their school, which was you know as challenging. We had everybody in the same apartment like all the time. I mentioned my daughter's a tween, so you know a girl who's entering those those age those ages. I'm sure you remember fondly. Ashlyn loves to be around their their family and especially like younger siblings. They just love oh, to be God. like really intimate yeah. like in their in their business. Um, so she would um she would emerge from her bedroom slash classroom, you know, for meals and then go back in. And, um, but now she's back in in person and that's good. And, and then, and then my son who's uh, in second grade, um, he was doing online for a while and that was sort of challenging because he's very bright and he would get bored of what they were doing and he'd just like wander around the house and we had to sort of figure that out. And now he's back in school again too. So we're sort of back to that for the, for the, the oh, tail good. end of it, limping across the finish line, wondering what they, <laughs> what, what if anything they learned this entire year? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, yeah, you just don't retain information when you're at home really. Um, right, right, and also just like you're on your this device, which is inherently distracting. It's like the difference between watching a movie in a theater versus watching it at home with your phone and your iPad in front of you. Yep. God, yeah. I can't wait to go back to movie theaters. Have you been? Right. To, have you been? Have you been? Have you done anything like social since being vaxxed? You, the better question is, did I ever do anything social before? Mm. Have you ever <laughs> done anything social before? Ralph? Ever. <laughs> Demented and sad, but social. Um, uh, we went to little Tokyo this past Sunday and we went into a sushi restaurant for the first time, oh. my family and I, and it was like such a weird, but great thing. It was such a casual thing, but it was like, Oh, this is kind of, we haven't done this in like over a year. Really. It's gone like all going to the restaurant together. Um, and then we've done, you know, some social things with other people outside, everybody's distancing and that sort of thing. Um, not anything, any kind of big group, any really big group setting, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, uh, at least from the people that I've sort of talked about, like, oh, look, we don't have to wear masks. Everyone is still like, well, but it's weird to do it yet. Like, it just seems so. We're so like, used to not, right? Yeah. I mean, the um, other thing is that I'm already, I'm already, I'm vaccinated, but I sort of feel like this is so goody two shoes. I feel like wearing a mask around in public because I feel like it's setting an example for people yeah, uh, we're not out of this, even though I don't need to. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's too much of the other thing that I would rather not be that at all if I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. At least until like it's really getting. I don't know when is even that time that we're all like, okay, cool, <laughs> we're done. No, there we might be a point it. like that. I think there might yeah. be a point like that, but we're not quite there yet, and there's still. Oh you know, no, it's yeah. Like close to it, but. Um, Rob, you've mentioned uh, being a, a weird guy and a nerdy guy. What's the uh, what are your like weird nerd interests that uh, that we wouldn't know? You wouldn't know. Um, I mean, some of them are the typical ones, like the you know the sci-fi stuff and the comic book stuff. Blah 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 blah. I'm not like the funny thing is I feel more like a nerd now in the world of nerds because nerds are so hardcore and intense about all the stuff. Like <laughs> you know the fact that this you know this you know jupiter's legacy show just came out on netflix this mark miller thing and i like mark miller i've read a few of his books but like i didn't really know this one and everyone's like oh my god i can't wait for this i've been waiting years for this this is the most exciting. i was like like wow you guys just know everything or like yeah like, i didn't pe- heard of it till the show 
Right, right. People have these super passionate opinions about a casting choice for like an upcoming like Marvel or Star Wars, you know, movie or something like that. Like, how can they possibly cast this this person for uh, you know Hawkeye's daughter? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Same I sort of know who that is, but like, yeah. So I, I, the funny thing is, I used to, you know, I grew up the way nerdum has become so mainstream that like when I when I was coming up, it was like you know, you were the nerd for liking that stuff, having a casual interest in stuff. And now if you don't know enough of it, you can't possibly fit into like the nerd <laughs> click. Yeah. Fandoms are exhausting. I mean, it's, it's short yes, for yes. fanatic. We're talking about fanatics. Uh, yeah. and generally we don't want to hang out with fanatics. Uh, right. but, but now it's just sort of the, the norm to be extraordinarily fanatical about all the things that you're consuming and making sure that you're just like, you're as, deeply embedded into it than the creators or anybody involved with it. One thing um, I like to nerd out about uh, a little bit is uh, um, cults. And this is before like all, before it was cool, <laughs> before there were all these, all these documentaries out. Like I was, my wife and I, this was an interest of ours. We were, we were like super into like reading books about Jonestown and, oh, yeah. and all these things. Like, yeah. I do like, you too. Yeah. I like cults a lot. Um, I mean, it, obviously you don't like cults, but I think, I mean, I think that it's it's even more interesting now because I feel like we're in the, the golden age of cults, you know. Well, we're also living through a maybe nationwide one. Yeah, <laughs> and how does that work and, like, how do people, you know, yeah, Jonestown, I think, is, like, I just listened to an audiobook about it again. Um, and it's fascinating because it was so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I worry I about she- Ashlyn being susceptible to it because every time you're watching <laughs> these documentaries and stuff, you're always like, they seem to have a good, like in the first couple episodes where they're trying to like be <laughs> like, this is why you would buy into QAnon or something. Ashlyn's like, they seem like they have a lot of good points. It's like, what are well, you doing? They always do that with documentaries. They always, with cults, they're like, well, look, look how fun and nice it is. But that's how cults work. Yeah. Like, the first yeah. episode of all the series is always like this, like, like a travel brochure practically. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds same thing with like, like crime, great. crime, doc, true crime things. So like the first episode is how wonderful this family, this family was, <laughs> how yeah. everything was going great for this family and or whatever like that. And then like the last five minutes, and then and then everyone died, got murdered everyone suddenly. Got, yeah, everyone got murdered suddenly. Um, yeah, maybe culture. somebody's just watching only the first episodes of all these things and just being like, "Wow, <laughs> this seems like the world's great." Seems like there's a lot. I don't know why they keep making documentaries on how just awesome. Turn it off. Just turn off like seventy five percent through the first episode and you should be yeah. fine like, yeah like, just watch the pr- first three quarters of goodfellas and be like yeah being in the mob seems great uh the, i'm gonna the, go be in the mob now for me the, the funny thing about jonestown is that it started off i mean this to, sort of to your point you're making is it started off as a really actually very positive movement yeah um jim jones was on the human rights commission of san francisco with Rosalind carter and he was like his church was like one of the first that integrated like and this is like in the 70s in san yeah. francisco you expect that to be like super progressive but it wasn't it was still pretty not maybe just culturally segregated but like his was like super open to like segregation and and there the people's temple people did like good works in the community and it was like the elderly like it was like good stuff and then he just started getting paranoid and wackadoodle and taking too many meds and and then it just took this dark path but it it, you know some of them just start out as just straight up cults right i mean some of them are just basically cults yeah because some dude some dude had has daddy issues yeah yeah that's definitely one of the things that makes jonestown fascinating is uh is just that steep slope of descent of just like how it's like okay this seems reasonable oh this seems good even and then just it just falls off a cliff like, yeah gonna, 
we're going to start a new colony. We're going to start a, a new place here. We're, we're doing, and then I don't know. You know, the it wasn't really even a colony. Down. It was like escaping. Like we're going to escape the CIA or something. <laughs> Got to get out of the country. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, cults. Oh, cults. Mm. Um, still, yeah. Haven't, haven't joined one though. You know, maybe, maybe if it was good enough. You know, yeah, the, we, we just haven't found enough. the right cult yet. I mean, the Scientology everywhere is just don't settle. Like, don't settle. That's my advice for people with cults. Yeah, don't, don't settle. settle with yeah. Shop around. Just, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, you know your value. You have value to the cult. Don't sell yourself short and uh, make sure that you get what you want out of it. Um, They're all going to be promising you? eternal life, but you need to like be really – you right. get into the details about what that exactly means. They should have like a – they should have like a, like a Tinder or a match for like people on – like the cold. Ooh, this is all right. This is our new project. This is right, we're going to take this maker. to Shark Tank. We're going. We're going there. Shark. This is this this episode uh, is Tank, right exactly. Yeah, this is our Did this you, is our uh uh what do you call it trademarking or registering? We own this idea now. Patent, I guess. I don't know. Patent. There you go. Um, right. I was going to ask Rob if you've seen the WeWork documentary. I haven't. I want to though. I'm kind of I'm kind of fascinated with that whole. Yeah, story. it's like a startup cult, and also it's yeah. like. Start. I mean, startups in general, I think, have a lot of this of similar, like elements, like the charismatic leader. Um, it's good. It's fun. Uh, Every everything I've read from the Adam Newman about him is like he just talks like he's like a bot who just spouts out corporate buzzwords that have no meaning. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 also how the other. What was the one with the woman? Um, oh, the Theranos woman. Oh, Theranos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that seemed similar as well. She was a piece of work too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I was listening to the there's a podcast about it. I was listening to it, and it's like I hadn't I had I didn't see the HBO thing about it, but it's like it's just amazing that it just keeps going, and like no one's ever like, but it doesn't work. It's like <laughs> how far you can go before that little question. Comes well, there's up. so many companies that like don't need to make money. Yeah, which is so like how does that weird. work? I don't under, how do, how do I get into this business? Huh? Yeah. How do I do this? I feel like I've heard that Netflix still doesn't make money. Like they that might be possible. Though. Still spend more money than so they much make. of it. Yeah. Um, which seems. But at least you can see illegal. what they're going for. You can see what they're going for for that. Like they're trying to create like a huge Ponzi scheme in a way. Like they're <laughs> they're they're going to get it to work eventually. Whether it, whether it comes profitable, they're doing something. They're making something. It, it has value in the marketplace into the world. But yeah. And then, and then, like the digital, like these digital bullshit social media things, you can kind of understand how they can get away with the song and dance for a while. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna integrate user facing experience with you know leveraging, you know our uh, our interface. You know, you could just say a lot of stuff, and and it may not make sense because we just don't understand. Like, oh, well, I guess we're not right at that point. Our culture is developing stuff like this. But if you're saying I've got a blood test that can detect things it, it's physical it has to work or it doesn't like how do you you can't really i don't it's amazing how far she got with that and especially not even with having a background and, and yeah like just being know. like 18 and being like right. i made this or i'm going to make it um right oh man it's yeah it's wild over the pandemic ashlyn and i have become pretty uh we we were we were sort of gamers before, but the pandemic has made us intense gamers. Where that's like the thing that we like do now, aside from yeah. podcasting and eating and whatever else. Uh, what's your or your family's relationship with like uh, with video games? Do you guys play video games? No, oh, yes? is that question. part of your that's nerddom or not? Yeah, sort of. I'm not like that kind of gamer. Gamer. They also they also intimidate me too. But I've just decided that like gaming is so 
time intensive that, you know, if you have kids and you're working and stuff like that, you I'm never going to catch up on a lot of stuff. But, um, which is funny because I was a huge, huge game nerd when I was a kid. Like I had multiple consoles and I was like usually found in an arcade. Um, Nintendo, uh, Sega? Uh, I had the, I actually had the OG Atari 2600. That's how old I am. Yeah, amazing. Um, actually, my dad had Pong. Um, hmm. He was kind of technology. He was too old to be having Pong, but he had like that Pong that you hook up to the back of your TV. Like that was oh, crazy. Oh, wow. Like, you have to the hook one it where up. like the joystick is the console? Yes, it's just one game. and It's, it's actually not even a joystick. It's like little wheels, like little oh, right. dials. Um, it's crazy. That's uh, like I an had Atari. I had the ColecoVision. I had the, the NES. It's probably the most like in, in our era <laughs> when I had, I think. Um, and I would just play those, you know, incessantly and all those, and even the, um, even the text adventure games, you know, like the sort of Infocom era, like oh, the, yeah. the Zorks and stuff like that. I was super into those. I wrote some, like I write some in, in basic. Yeah. I was one of those Apple two kids who would like write things in basic, like, cool. um, for fun. <laughs> I mean, people, awesome. people make those now, like, uh, the, the, um, choose your own adventure, like digital thing. Yeah. Like Netflix is making those, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, those, I mean, that's a whole different, that's qu- cool. That's sort of coming back around. Now what we do is, um, my son is kind of the gamer actually. He's uh, my, the, the, uh, the second grader, he's like a huge Minecrafter and Robloxer. And he also watches all the YouTubes where they talk about that stuff, you know, all the different instances. So he's watches those all the time. You know, that's a whole industry in itself. And then, yeah. um, and then we got a Wii a couple of years ago. So that I, I claimed it so I could do exercise, but you know, you take the little Wii controller and you do the jogging on the screen. As opposed to just walking out your door and jogging, right. which you could also do. <laughs> but we got we exercise, around, and then yeah. we just got a bunch of games for it. And like, um, it's funny. My wife is not really a gamer at all. Like, she and my son, who's into Pokemon, they got these. Um, they have these Pokemon open world games, like called Poke Park. I don't know if you know them, but um, you can kind of like play a character and you go around and you can you can catch Pokemon if you want, or you can just kind of like futz around. You don't really have to do anything. Um, but they got like super into those for like like I want to say like almost like months, like the multiple oh, series, cute. like trying to solve them and stuff like that. It was kind of sweet. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My, my mom actually just got into animal crossing, like the oh, same yeah. time everyone else in the pandemic did. Um, it's funny what like, it's, I think it's like soothing games really help. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of like, people have said that. Yeah. Yeah. For like non gamers, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, if you're not into gaming, it's like all you really want to do is just walk around somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right like that's yeah what I think. no definitely i, just, I guess like, i feel like i feel like so much of our life at least this past year has been like on electronic devices yeah. that mm-hmm. for me it's like uh, that's not how i want to spend my off time like um i need to clear my head by not being on a device of some sort or something like that yeah, yeah. that's good advice what that's just good do? general so advice what do you, what do, you so, do, well, do that's not screen related well the, the funny thing is then i end up reading stuff on my ipad but um <laughs> But it, but it feels like it feels like it isn't isn't a thing. Yeah, that, that's reading. That's different. Right. I that's do try like to still. Surely, yeah. I still try to obtain and read. I still prefer to read a paper book or comic book if I can. But you know, then you have to go acquire all those and all those sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's so much easier when it's uh, in front it's of you. It's just on um, the I iPad. Try, yeah. I try a little. I try a little. Um, I'm a terrible artist, but I try to like draw cartoons every now and then just for fun. Well, that's great. Um, Grant does that too as a writer just yeah. like drawing a little bit. I think it's, I personally think everyone should draw or like do art. Cause I think right. there's like such a stigma about like being good at it or like achieving something when really it's just like the act is very like 
it's just a good way to yeah and it's a good way to like develop your visual brain and stuff and i think people get very like caught up i mean it happens when you're younger too of like this idea of like good versus bad art when it's like really it's just like no just draw in the same way that you would journal you know do you journal rob as part of your oh that's that's so great i'm so glad you brought that up because that's like that's entirely my approach i don't really journal journal but um i mean not consistently I try to sort of just sort of write down nice things that happen with the kids just sort of keep, keep that as sort of a memory book. But mostly it's like, um, I, uh, when I try when I'm trying to crack something creatively, like a script or a pitch or something like that, like I have to sit down. That's also a non-device thing. I have to go outside with like a notebook and just like start. it's kind of journal style. I start to start scribbling like in a really like stream of consciousness way to try to figure out what it is I want to do or what this is going or what I want to even think the idea I want is. And it, it's really super messy. And I just kind of go into this really messy process until I sort of find what it is I want to do. And then I can bring it back to the computer. So it is kind of like journaling. It's just sort of applied journaling, I guess you might say. And I think to Ashlyn's point, that is kind of like the way that I've looked at art too, is like, you know, just kind of sit down and do it and don't worry about it. You don't judge yourself. Yeah. Wait, so you're when you're doing things for fun they're still kind of like project based though right like you don't have just like uh like just stream of consciousness just for the sake of it sort of thing like you say like you say it's uh or you just called it something that i thought was good and then i lost it applied journaling i like that um and then um you know i was saying that i used to goof around and try to make people laugh when i was in school so like i used to draw these sort of cartoons that were kind of based on the far side uh, because there were sort of like one panel little jokes that I would do and I drew in this certain way and it kind of stayed there and then like when I got back into like drawing again I got one of these like books where it's like draw you know here's how to draw a nose here's a thousand versions of a nose here's a thousand versions of, a, of an eyebrow you know draw all these exercises <laughs> so I thought I'm going to do that whole 10,000 hour thing like I'm just going to like pedal to the metal like I'm going to do all these exercises or whatever going and this is going to prove my drawing and then I sat down after doing it for a long time I was like this looks exactly like the same way I drew when I was a teenager and I guess I'm just I'm just fine with that. That's just the way it's going to be. It's not going to so it's not going to change. So that's your style. That's yeah. That's I mean, my style, right? Exactly. Yeah. That it's seems funny good. how yeah. I mean, I still feel like in a lot of ways I draw similarly to how I did when I was in high school. <laughs> like it's just you know, it's just kind of like your default soul. Mm. All the style mush that goes into like making what you think things look like. I guess. Hmm. Style mush is a technical term, by the way. Style mush. Style mush. Is Style good. mush. Rob, I have two final questions for you. Well, do you have any questions for us? Wow. Um, no, I wasn't prepared for the question okay. of the podcaster. So yeah, bring no, it that's on. Fine. We, no, we, we weren't either. Uh, the uh, two final questions. One quest, question one is, uh, do you feel better or worse? Be honest for having spent the last 45 or so minutes with us. <laughs> uh i feel better because i feel like you guys are i feel like we're on the same wavelength on some stuff on jonestown i'm joining jonestown, jonestown and going to, Shark Tank to do our tinder yeah. right right i feel like that's true i feel like that is good and then the second question is should we release this yes we should um all right fine full release like even like all the ums like all the scratches and stuff the stuff about the cat at the top that's just you know yeah he's on on that right yeah. It's a, it's a, it's just raw, baby. That's how this podcast is. It's just unfiltered, unedited. Where else are you gonna get this kind of product? Right <laughs> here. That's how it is. Uh, all right. Well, that's the show. 
Thanks nice. for thanks this, for hanging out with us, great, Rob. This is a great time. All right, um, bye. Th- this podcast was produced by Prince, Milo, Moose, Zeus, Squeaky Mama, Shadow, Nala, and Peanut Butter, the eight cats. And uh, follow Rob Cutner on uh, on social media. Links in the description. And uh, that's it. That's the show. Goodbye. <laughs>